What's up and welcome back to the Breaking Barriers podcast, a place where we have authentic conversation about life and all of its challenges. I'm your host, Cece, aka Cece Gilbert Photo. Let's dive into today's show. That's why I'm like, you do you. Because I know <laughs> regardless of what you do, like, I'm going to be straight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're here. The name of the show is Breaking Barriers. It is a podcast aimed or geared towards creators, entrepreneurs, and educators. And I like to keep it real, informal. Sometimes I'm formal, but mostly I'm informal. And I just like to have the real raw nitty gritty. So today's guest in the studio today, first in studio guest, I want to say. Um, yeah. So yeah. Sad. We got Mr. <laughs> Ty Knight here, local Vegas artist. I'm going to let him kind of. You know, talk his talk a little bit, and then we'll dive into the conversation. What's up? Tonight, Slay Dragons, a.k.a. Looney Lecter, a.k.a. The Freak of Nature. You know what it is. Uh, for reality, Ernie Kingdom. Excuse my language. I don't no, know no, if we're no, cussing or anything. No, no, no. Freedom of expression. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mama and the kids, though. Yeah, no. Um... Yeah, so I think I just want to... I just, I just want to just kick it off. So, me and Ty... I don't know if y'all know, we got, I hope you know, I hope you've been tuning in. We've been working on a couple projects. By the time you hear this, we'll, we'll have another one that will probably be dropping really soon. So, um, yeah, we, we've been working on a couple projects together. We met here in Vegas, but actually we are, boy, we're, I, I want you to speak for you. What do you consider yourself from? Um, yeah, we connected on the we connected on a certain level, but I'm gonna let him get to it so we can talk about the level. Me, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a hard question and it's something I think about all the time. But really, I just I feel like I'm a nomad, you know, and eventually, like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to like stake some type of claim. That's why I love this like Vegas environment because it's so diverse out here and nobody's really definitely, from Vegas definitely. but I mean my upbringing is definitely nomadic you know I was born in Chicago west side out west 290 if you know what I'm talking about <laughs> um Town. then I, I came out to uh, Cincinnati went down to Mississippi Memphis uh Reno uh, Vegas, back to Memphis, back to Mississippi, uh, hit Indianapolis a couple times, you know, so I've been, yeah, I've been all over the place, and if you send me around, you, you know what it is, but, I, and as far as, as far as right now, you know, I'm claiming, I'm claiming 702, you know, we from the 7. <laughs> Facts. Well, um, as you heard, you know, he's been all over the place, and, and some of those stops were down south, which is where I'm from, so definitely connected on on the southernness there. Um, but I I really, Ty, I've, I've met a lot of people here in Vegas. I've definitely met a lot of people in Vegas, and I, I rock with Ty because he is such a genuine person, and the, the artistry is there, the passion is there, and the drive is there. And that is how I am myself as an artist. If anybody, if anyone who knows me will tell you I am about, I am about my work. I love what I do, and I'm going to go for it. And so I definitely see that in time for the time we, we linked. And, um, you know, he, he hit me for the videos and everything on, on, some, on some real business. So I appreciate anybody who moves the same way I move or better. So that's kind of how we linked up. And yeah, so I wanted to bring him on the podcast because every time we get together, 
it's just always a genuine conversation, but it's always a conversation that leaves you inspired and, and wanting to go. Like, I don't, at least that's how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, I'll let you talk. Yeah. How do you feel? Definitely. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not... <clears throat> It's not a lot of times you find like-minded people. Mm. So it's like when you sync up with people who are like just as hungry and, and not not even just as hungry, but also in the same field. It's like, I don't know how many of you are out there sitting in a room in the middle of, you know, Mississippi, uh, uh, Tennessee, Ohio, wherever you're at, you know, yeah. even, even Nevada. And it's mm -hmm. like, if you ain't been around creatives, you know, your energy starts to drop. So when mm -hmm. you get around... A, a person who knows what you're talking about or somebody and I mean that's that's one level to it you get around someone who knows what you're talking about that's gonna refuel you but so you get around people who think like you do mm -hmm. and it's like the sky's the limit like oh yeah y'all keep moving y'all can really build do anything oh yeah um and I think I think our conversations and our interactions is it's not even I think, it's I know these conversations and, and interactions that we've had is the main reason I started this podcast because, like you said, I grew up down south in small towns. I've, I, I've bounced around myself, but it's always been towns that have had little or none uh, of a creative community. So um, I started this podcast to empower those communities, to bring on other like-minded individuals who are creators who are entrepreneurs who are trying to educate and inspire. So I was that's the whole premises of the podcast. But yeah, so I think where I kinda wanna I wanna touch is just kinda like on the different dynamics, like especially since you have been Midwest, down south, out west, you know, like really talk about like the mindsets you were in as a creative person and, and kinda go back like Take me back to the beginning of your journey and then what it was like to bounce around creatively in those different places. Well, luckily, like, I grew up with, with brothers and sisters. And, like, I would say that was the biggest testament to my creative molding because I, the music my sisters listened to is completely different than the music my brothers listened to. Mm -hmm. And then the, the realization of, like, female influence and how it drives uh you know pop music and rap music mm -hmm. in a sense and but <clears throat> when i started out you know i'm like i said i'm from west side chicago so you know i was raised by by the steppers i was raised by you know the isley brothers the temptations mm -hmm. and the motown Rockies. and like I, I always wanted to be a singer like growing up but you i mean y'all hear how deep my voice is that was that was a tragic <laughs> path because <laughs> it was like the second I figure out how to hit a note, my voice was cracking. Mm -hmm. And so I, I never really like became the singer I wanted to be, but I was always writing songs. And then um, my little brother, he always had a ear for like, he was always on the gangster shit. Mm -hmm. And he he gravitated towards like, it's funny because like I think about it now, and like everybody he would tell me to listen to, you know, they went on to do some legendary shit whether it was, uh, you know, Jay-Z when we were growing up. It's mm -hmm. like, I was more on Nelly. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to, this this country shit, this is this is where it's at. Yeah. Nice. My brother was like, hey, you got to <laughs> slap this black album. He was like, you got to listen to, uh, when we got to middle school, he was like, you got to listen to Nipsey. He, uh, he, he had me on uh, the game and, and 211. He had me on 
Drake before anybody was listening to Drake. He had me on Gunplay, you know. So and I think you can hear like you hear some of that influence when it comes to like me me more rapping and shit. But like yeah. that that was only the beginning of my path because then it escalated to my older brother and he was more you know leaning towards the Jay Z the the Midwest because he came up in Chicago and he listened to a lot of the more harder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming out west coast. Uh, me and my wait, brothers. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go out real quick. No, <laughs> I know it's I scattered. Wanna, it's I scattered. Wanna, no, no, no. I don't care about the scatteredness at all. Like, that, this is what I love okay. to do. You know, like, this is this is how our brains are. You know, the, the, this is real, real. this is how our brains work. I, especially as creatives, I feel like um, there's all these tests, you know, like Enneagrams and all these different tests that tell you what kind of person you are. And usually... With creatives, it's usually the same thing. Like, our, our brains bounce from idea to idea. Like, we don't focus well in traditional learning, right. you know? So, I, I won't ever apologize for being who I am. So, see, that's, you know... That's the thing, like, and the that, creative that's, that's mind. That's what it's about like... in this podcast, too, because I'm, I'm really trying to bring back real media to where this isn't something that I am fabricating or that I am trying to make myself... The best version of me is the messed up version, you know. Really, so, really. um, it's because I'm a I'm a work in process, and so I do. I'm, I won't say I don't edit because I I will take out some, you know, if there's ten ums, I'm gonna you know cut, dial it down to six. But right. when it comes to this, <laughs> these raw, you know, conversations right here, unless I'm reaching like a time limit, I'm not cutting anything out. But what I wanted to say while I pause the conversation is because. Since you have, you know, family and background in Chicago, I've really been wanting to ask somebody who has, you know, that knowledge of Chicago, why why is it, you know, our generation giving respect to Twister? Because I I just want to say, because I, you, I don't know if you remember, and I want to tell you, I love Twister. I remember in, in fifth grade, I went to a predominantly black elementary school, and so it wasn't, you know, it was we was down with the soul and with the songs, and one of the songs we had to remember, by it was um, Hopeful by Twister and Faith Evans, and we, with every music class, I will never forget this, our, our teacher was like, he'd give us tests, he's like, all right, this is what we got to learn, and he had the whole song written, he actually died, so uh, RIP Mr. Singleton, but that was probably one of the reasons I am so entangled in music right Rest now. Peace, but uh Twista deserves way more respect than people give him. I don't know if you remember uh probably late twenty nineteen when that whole top fifty list went around like I remember I think T I made his own and like a couple people, you know, they're right. like who who deserves to be on like the greatest of all time list right, basically. Right, right. And they were getting like, you know, they were hitting every zone. They were hitting, you know, West Coast hitters, up north, you know, New York, Jersey, all of that Philly. It was hitting down south. And I remember when they got to Chicago and I was like, How is Twister not on this list? <laughs> like for real. Like so, and, you know, like, like I feel like From my from my perspective, I feel like it's 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 about two or three reasons. So when I was coming up, and I bet every every like nigga my age who came up who had any relatives in Chicago, they they grew up with Twister on the playlist. Mm-hmm. They grew up with Twister in the car. But it got drowned out by the Bone Thugs. Mm. And and not just that, Bone Thugs went all the way to LA. 
they went all the way to easy. They went all the way to sugar, you know. Mm. Whereas Twister, the do or die, like there's still there's still motherfuckers who probably was born somewhere in Chicago, you know, like who came up too far away from the the Cabrini Green uh, uh, hollows to really know uh, what that do or die sound was like before we got to the Polo G's and the Cowboys mm-hmm. and, and shit like that, but. I guarantee you the Polo G's and the Cowboys, they got niggas in the crib who was slapping that twister back in the day. Yeah. But that, like you said, it gets drowned out um, and people don't give Twister his respect. But if you think about it, this motherfucker, he he made way for the Migos. He made way for the the that whole Atlanta sound that's going on, that well, triplet sound. Well, I mean, even you like, know, I'm like... How can you get to Kanye if you if you're looking at Chicago see, music? How can you even how can you get to Kanye before you so, know who Twister is? That's a you know? so that's a big reason. So like in Chicago, it's not like New York where you had artists after artists after artists coming mm. out. Chicago, Twister was the only almost representation of of Chicago music in the '90s as far as hip hop goes. Mm. You know, you had Common, but niggas forget about Common because he was in the movies and. Shit on it sounds like some lullaby shit and like that's not no diss to comment because like that yeah. nigga that nigga will teach you fucking how yeah. to live life in, in a fucking two minute thirty seconds track but at the same time it's not hitting to the point to where like a 13 15 year old is gonna be like hey throw the comment on you know yeah but then also see like my thing is is like I feel like we are allowing that and 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 I want to say true. this is because I, I look at my mom knows this, and my mom listens to my podcast, and and she is gonna call me like because she she loves when I talk about it, and, and I give her her props. But my mom, she put me on to all of my music. My mom is the reason why I like music so much. I I would say, and my mom, you know, she she definitely she supported me everything musically wise. So right. I have to give it to her. But she put put me on to music. There was some music I I we I joked about this with with her when I was home with her you know two weeks ago, and it was like I was like my mom was the type of mom I wasn't allowed to I, I think I told you this before I wasn't allowed to listen to certain music without her but yeah. when it was when I was with her it was a vibe you know like I one of my favorite artists is DMX and DMX, I love DMX I, because I was never allowed to listen to DMX on my own but my mom if my mom was you know in the car and it was on like I knew what I wasn't supposed to say and what I was allowed to say but she would let me vibe you know and and uh, and uh my favorite DMX song is you know y'all gonna make me lose my mind like I remember being five years old and and really like being put on to you know all of that and being and my mom having the jar rule and the Lauren Hill right. and all of this and then also taking it all the way back you know with the um like Casey and the Sunshine Band like all the way you know back to when they were five and so, six years old so uh, speaking to that that's that's also a big difference you got to think about in Chicago a lot of a lot of that didn't happen. So a lot, of, a lot of the young niggas who fucking have control of the music scene right now, they weren't in the whips riding around with Big Bro. They weren't in the whips riding around with with, with mm. my my cousin who used to babysit me, you know. So they didn't have that influence because mm. these niggas grew up on the streets. And like, I'll, I'll tell you first, like I wasn't one of those niggas. Like they got me to fuck up out of there, but 
I got I got two brothers who fucking live that life. Mm. Who fucking will tell you like you better count your fucking blessings. Mm. You know, and and then I got a little brother who who even though he we didn't grow up in that shit, this motherfucker who he speaks to the spirit of of fucking Chicago, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like I will never claim to be what I'm not. Yeah. But at the same time I can tell you like there was a broken in the nineties there was a broken mm-hmm. segment so a broken era mm-hmm. to to everything that happened and we could talk about how it happened to the whole black generation mm-hmm. as far as like our leaders getting taken out and our influences getting taken out especially after the 96 and, and mm-hmm. all the destruction that happened in 96 up to 96 i should say but the that that break of not having those leaders not having that influence it, it calls for a big gap. So yeah, I would definitely say so. And that's and that's that's where I go back and I'm like, we're not doing. And now I, and I'm I'm speaking on this because I I'm trying to be the change. Like creative geniuses podcast. Like this is what I'm hoping to create is that change because when you when I have these listeners, you know, shout out to every one of my listeners because I see y'all really do. And it, and these conversations make me want to dive more deep, dive deeper into, into these conversations because I just think to, I don't even know half of, you know, half of my listeners come from France. Right. I don't know, not a single person in France. Right. And I'm like, it just, it. It, it's crazy to me that people are listening and they're tuning in and that I have this platform now to where I'm able to educate. And so I, now I look at it to, as if someone were to stumble onto this podcast and they, they're listening, I want to be that resource for them to put them on, to be like, hey, like, hey, let's have this conversation right now because we're calling a lot of people goats who I don't feel like deserve to be a goat, you know? And so... I feel like it was lost, like like I said, you know, I talked about my mom and how she really put me on. I felt like it was lost, you know. I get, I also give shout outs to my big brother because he put me on a lot of stuff too. He put me on, um, and so that's when I'm like, because we're around, you know, we're not too far off the age, so I'm like, I think it's us yeah, that yeah. are dropping the ball, and they, and you that's, know, that's because real shit. That's my, real shit. you know, my big brother, he's seven years older than me, he's 31, and I remember, you know, me being in middle school, and him, you know, his early, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, listening, you know, bumping OJ the Juice Man, yeah. uh, Gucci Man, stuff like that, and being from down south, like, we got a lot of iconic stuff too, and that's why I, I love having you know these conversations because you know I know the people who slept on in Chicago, and I know yeah. how I know how slept on the South is. You know we have our credits, but it's for this new wave. I'm like, it's not, bro, you better give credit. It's like, not what it you know, be, you know. I had a, I had a conversation about like uh did franchise boys and stuff like that. You know, back in the day, like but all hold, the hold up, can you we, know <laughs> I just wanna take that broader in a sense because like there's something you spoke to right there as far as like our generation dropping the ball. And like if you pay attention culturally and and to everything that's going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the main problems mm-hmm. is our generation has dropped the ball and that communication has not been led on. Mm-hmm. Cause you look at Native Americans 
you look at Indians, you look at Chinese, you look at at, at the the Caribbeans, you look at the Polynesians, and their cultures have been passed down from generation to generation to where the black culture has been severed and tied and we're not continuing that fucking that chain of events. Yeah. Because it's never been where minorities have had dictation of what's really going on in history. We just gotta continue to pass that word on. So going back to what you were saying, like yeah, I almost I didn't even realize like yeah, I gotta give it up to Big Homie Twisted because like a lot of my songs wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for mm-hmm. for that nigga writing his cadence, you know? Oh yeah. I mean the past rap you know like in in in, in general like pioneer for it, pioneer for the way, but I don't know. I think that's a podcast episode of this whole own about us just dropping the ball on passing down and really understanding like what makes your icon. Like I, I, I think of even like the the late, you know, like the twenty, what is it, the twenty tens or whatever. Like some people, like I'm from down south, so you know, Atlanta's home. You know, music. You know, North Carolina. You know, stuff like that. Like that stuff. That that is home. That's our music. So I start thinking about people like Travis Porter and stuff like that. I'm like. People are so quick to like, I mean, you know, like right now, 42 Doug has that song, like the first line is, before I go broke, like Jock, you know? And I'm like, people was clowning Jock, but I'm like, yo, yo we really cannot clown Jock because the, 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 the way they literally did something so iconic, I don't care if they were only, you know, quote unquote, an A-list celebrity for five years, what they did in those five years was so iconic. I'm talking about the whole, like, from... You know, like, I mean... I'm saying, like, when I heard that, when I heard, like, niggas was really... Like, I... That song slapped. Don't get me wrong. It's 42 like, Ducks. 42 Ducks from Chicago, too. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're from Detroit. Detroit. Shout out, one yeah, of them. Shout out I be blending the music. <laughs> the sound, like, no because cap. Of, like, yeah, because it's because that house music. So that's... Even, uh, and that's what I was... Low-key. So let's let's keep going with this twist oh, yeah, and shit. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that's, that's, that's almost reason number two. You know, first of all, there was that break. When they, they took Nero Cabrini Green, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But they they took that out. So that, that was a big history of the city. They took out, um, oh, or excuse me. So they took out Cabrini Green, which caused a big break in the city. Then you had a lot of a lot of the OGs like running. Not, I won't say running, because that's low-key a shot. But, you know, they, they was tied up in their own shit. So they weren't worried about, you know, how the little niggas was getting raised and shit. But anyways, on to the next, you had Kanye come in, and that was a completely different sound with the 808s to where Chicago had been primarily house music and and bounce and steppers, you know, mm. like, uh, fuck the nigga, we ain't even gonna say his name, you know, but but dude came out singing and had had the whole uh, uh, trapped in the closet and all that bullshit, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so so that, that was dictating the the Chicago R and B and and actually no I want to talk about this I want to pause I'm gonna say his name we all if you don't know you should know and the reason why I want to say his name is because I'm uh this podcast is informative in all all senses and I'm I this is a safe place to have conversation and what I do want to talk about is we the the person he was referring to by the way if you don't know is R Kelly and the reason why I'm saying his name is because I want to talk about, this is a quick pause in the conversation, what's going on in the media right now. You have Jeffrey Epstein and all of this shit he's going, has going on and had going on for decades now. This man is dead and gone. 
where he deserves to be, you know. He went out in a, in a lame way, but he deserved to be dead, you know. But you got our president who has been guilty of associating. People know, it's publicly known that he's been associated with him. You got him in office. You got celebrities still celebrating on. I, that's not even a word, but you got him carrying on who has been tied up. And, I'm, you know, and I'm just saying, feel, feel any way you want to about what I'm about to say, but tell me I'm wrong. Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, they got him. Got him. Oh, well, how is our president still our president? That's what I want to know. Crazy, you know, like you have been, you are literally associated with a, literally, you know, and, and and I'm not justifying anything because R. Kelly and Bill Cosby are fucked up individuals. But with their parents, when you look at those situations, you literally have parents who knew about the situation. You know what I'm saying? Which is the, that makes the parents fucked up too. But I'm saying you can't. It's like. When wrong meets wrong, wrong, you know, like, you That's know what I'm saying? These parents over here in this circle had no clue, no clue that you're up here running a underage sex circle, bro. Like, that is, it's, it's so, it, it boils, it has me boiling, man. My blood is boiling because what's the difference? You know why? You know what I'm saying? It is a difference. The difference is color. It is a difference. Like, you got these women coming out. These women came out. I want to say, a less than a, in less than a year, both of these men were locked up. Yeah. It took them so long. Like after I watched that that Netflix series on Jeffrey Epstein, I was sick. To, I'm still sick to my stomach because there's literally I don't I I I I believe that our president should have been out of the office a, a long time ago, and. That man a coward. How we let him get this? I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I don't care. And people, it's it's beyond the politics. People want to make it a right or left thing. It is beyond the politics. I am standing in the middle because I truly do not give a fuck if you are not morally correct. That's I can't I'm even saying, wrong like, with you on on no type of politics. Like, I'm not even hear, trying to hear it. You you have like I ain't gonna say I'm the most righteous person, but but if you ever claim to. To know God, if you ever claim to to know right from wrong, like it's obvious, you know. Wrong is wrong is winning right now. Wrong is winning, and that's you know that's that's a whole different. We'll probably get back on the topic because I know how me you talk, but well, I want to I want to get back to the Chicago music. I want to get back to um, how moving around kind of influenced your sound and what you saw. Yeah, homie came and influenced Chicago in a way that it hadn't been influenced before. Um, had people known what he was doing, I think it would have been a little bit different, but he represented Chicago stepping in a way that it wasn't represented before. Um, and so I'll say him coming in and then Jay-Z, you know, partnering and giving that power and then uh, Kanye coming right behind with Jay-Z and like pretty much the the whole '90s was dictated by Jay Z's decisions yeah. and and who he he partnered and chose to um, stand behind coming out of the '90s. You know, early yeah. 2000s. Everyone he chose to affiliate with in Chicago. That's who pretty much had control over the sound in Chicago up until about 2009. All this is going on. Me, I'm not even in Chicago. You know, like around, I mean, I recorded my first track in Audacity in 2009. 
And I, that was in Reno, uh, uh, Northwest Reno. If you know what it is, you know what it is. Uh, so me and my brother, we re-recorded our first track. And the sound in Chicago at that time was grabbing, was moving away from the house music, which now if you listen to, to Detroit music, like you were saying, mm. a 42, you get confused. It's because that Detroit music keeps that house music keeps that house bounce in it, you know, you listen to Sada Baby, you listen to T Grizzly, 42, like Milwaukee's they all, Milwaukee's music is like that too, I don't know if you tapped in with that scene yeah, too, but so, I, I, a lot of Milwaukee comes from Chicago, uh, my, like my older brother and sister, like they went to high school, uh, they graduated in Chicago, but they went to high school starting in, uh, Milwaukee, gotcha. so, because it's all like pretty close, you know, it's like, not yeah, yeah, it's all like other, tied right? in, so, yeah. True, so like, so like any any big city in the Midwest, like you probably you probably you know you know what the culture is. Mm. Like, there's a lot that happens in in Cincinnati and Indianapolis that is a lot like what's in Chicago, but obviously the cities aren't as big, you know. So it's mm. not it's never gonna get near what it is. But at the same time, you know, if those niggas tell you they know what they're talking about, like, you got to give them credit because they probably do. And so Kanye somehow slipped in between all that, whereas you had Drill rising up and you had house music that was predominant. Kanye was right there in between all of But I thought Drill, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought Drill was kind of like, like, Chief Keefs, like, yeah. you know, so yeah. like... Yeah, so... They, that's when they started calling it drill. But you got to think, Chief Keef was, Chief Keef was what, 15 in 2011? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like before Chief Keef, you had, you had niggas like the King Louis and, and okay. niggas who was making like bedroom rap and passing it around the streets. Okay. But you know, nobody, it wasn't to the level that Chief Keef had reached. Yeah. But once he broke, and then, he like, kicked that the door down. The rapper, I guess, the, and that's honestly, and I, I kind of see what you're saying too, and I guess... Honestly, I can see why Chance really looks up to Kanye in that way, too, yeah. because Chance w was in the same way. He kind of slipped in between all of that, right. too, right. to, you know, to do what he did for Chicago and, as well. And, um, you know, so, yeah, exactly. So you had Chance coming in the same time as Chief Keith. Mm -hmm. That was literally the same time. And that speaks to, like, how, how split, or I guess the duality of Chicago because you have, like, I'll tell you right now, like, I'll stand on this shit. Like, I think some of the best creatives in the world are from Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that's just because of the soul that runs through the city as far as, like, all the way back to runaway slaves, all the way back to the mob days, all the way back to prohibition and, and civil rights and coming into the 90s and the Black Panthers and the Vice Lords and the uh, Four Corners. And, and, you know, you had all... You had all this shit going on, but it was all driven by, by um, you know, the civil rights era. Mm -hmm. and, and how can we extend these rights to our people? How can we protect our people? And, and all these immigrants coming in. And really, all these immigrants coming in and thinking the same thing. Because back then, what was that? I want to say the 60s, but I know that's not right. I'm horrible with fucking times and, and numbers and shit. But mm -hmm. you had... At this time, anybody who was in Chicago, they weren't thinking, I'm American. They were thinking, how do I protect my people? How do we come up? Because Italians, they weren't considered Americans back then. Fucking, uh, um, 
Jewish people, they weren't considered Americans back then. Latinos weren't considered Americans. Black people weren't considered Americans. So you had a city full of fucking rejects trying to figure out how to make it. And and I feel like that's why Chicago is what it is. But back to the music, you just now are seeing like Chicago rap find identity. And it's young. It's mm-hmm. less than 10 years old, you know. And Kanye who still hasn't found his own identity, was the forefront of that. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, like, what what that real influence and where that's going to end up at. But as an artist, you know, like, that will put you in a lot of different directions because I'll say from the drill scene, Lil Durk was probably my biggest influence, and he took his sound down to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And you can hear him some of my beats. I, I'm happen to do the same thing and I won't say that's because of Lil Durk it's just because of that's how music was moving at the time and I found mm. myself you know moving around the Mississippi but um so that's that's just my speaking to the whole Chicago scene but back to my musical journey um I can still got to give credit to my little brother because we came out to Reno in 2009 started spitting and he told me, like, hey. Were you on any of the music when you were down south? So you from Chicago, you go where? Um, so Chicago, I went to Memphis. Okay. And then I went to Cincinnati and uh, Cincinnati, Mississippi. Bounced back and forth for, like, a couple years until middle school. And then me and my brother went out to uh, Nevada in high school. Got you. And so music, music, yeah, I was all over the place, really. Like, growing up, I didn't, I was more of an Aftermath fan. Anything mm-hmm. Aftermath put out, I was with it. Dr. Dre, like, I thought mm-hmm. was a genius. And um, so it was Aftermath and then Nelly. Like, mm-hmm. all Nelly songs, like, because I moved around a lot. So it was like. I didn't really, like, I didn't understand the whole, like, accent thing, and I didn't understand that, like, oh, if you talk like this right now, these people might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Or if you talk like this in this setting, these people might think you fake. And so, like, to me, it was just like, hey, this is how I talk. Like, my cousin talked like this, I'm going to talk like this. Hey, my mama said I got to talk right now, so I'm going to talk like this. Mm -hmm. Hey, my mama said don't say four, I got to say four. All right, I'm going to say it in front of these folk, but when I'm at home, it's four, you know, so... It was, it became a lot of that, and Nelly was like my center. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if he could get away with, with talking like this, and I can get away with talking like this. If he could get away with wearing his do-rag all the time, I can get away with wearing my do-rag mm-hmm. all the time. If he can get away with the headbands and the sweatbands and the Air Force Ones, and mm-hmm. I can get away with that shit. You so know? Nelly was kind of like your your go-to kind of like yeah. in your younger music days? Yeah, so okay. even this was before I found music, so like I didn't really, this was before I started trying to write. Okay. And then speaking to that, actually, my first rap name was Lil Loon. Okay. And like that came from the I Need a Girl's Shake Your Tail Feather, that whole thing, mm-hmm. because that was when he was making a lot of songs with Loon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't be, you know, and it was St. Lunatics. And I was like, man, I can't be Nelly. Like, where the I, maybe I can be Lil Loon, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm the next St. Lunatic, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. And, and like, as I grew up, you know, I got a little wild and like, Lil Loon involved in the Looney, involved in the Lunatic, and, and it just stuck because it was like, mm-hmm. oh, this motherfucker might be crazy. Uh-huh. And, and um, but 
as an artist, like it just it never was who I was because I wasn't you know I wasn't on the street mm. shit. I wasn't on the I'm gonna run up um, in your crib. I'm gonna fucking take her. Like that just wasn't yeah. who I was. I'm curious to know, like, did your was your sound consistent or did it change? Hell no, nah, that shit still ain't consistent. <laughs> It's it's consistent now. I'll say just because I know what I am. Uh-huh. Um, but like even now, I'm still evolving, you know. But before, anybody who knows light 'em up music, anybody who knows a, a little loony who is jumping off the cars in the parking lot and yeah. shit, they know. Like, I thought, I thought. Like, we was about to be the most gangster motherfuckers out, you know? Like, and it's funny because, like, looking at us, like, we weren't gangsters, but, like, we were doing some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, even then, like, you know, when I go back home to Chicago and I see what these little niggas doing, I'm like, we was doing crazy shit in the battle. We weren't doing crazy shit in Illinois. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, so my sound definitely changed but like the first mixtape we put out was called in the lab so like if you got a copy of in the lab like hold on that motherfucker is gonna be worth some money one day <laughs> but you know there was there was people who probably listened to my shit like oh i've never heard him talk like this oh this is whack oh but i'm gonna slap it because like these motherfuckers cool you know so like there's there was a lot of that and then i left I actually went back to Memphis after high school, but I'm low-key getting a little bit ahead of myself. So, like, my brother, this was our freshman year, he found, he told me, like, hey, bro, like, you low-key are dope. Like, I'm going to fucking find some rappers. We're going to put a group together. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where Light em Up comes from. So, if you ever heard me shout Light em Up, like, that's the family for real. Because, like, these were the niggas who, like, first told me, like, hey, bro, you can rap. You know, and like I always said, like if any of these niggas ever told me my shit was trash, if any anybody like from that immediate family like ever told me like, hey, you need to think about doing something else, then fuck it, I'll put it away and I'll probably fucking go be a lawyer or some shit, you know? Uh, yeah. And um, but it never. But don't do that. Don't don't <laughs> don't <ever>. nah. <laughs> nah, at this point, like it's it's beyond that, you know. But like that's what it was like those first like yeah. couple years, you know. And um, it never happened. Like, that was always, like, rooting for my shit. And that was because of my little brother. You know, shout out Easy. You know, welcome to Easy Street. Yeah. Um, and he he dictated a lot of my sound because it was like, he would I would be recording. And I had, like, built this studio in my room and shit. I was writing when yeah. I, uh, I recorded this, hell, this track to Hail Mary. Uh the Tupac instrumental. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was passing that shit around. He was low-key passing that shit around because I was like, I was still in my head. I wasn't trying to let nobody hear nothing I was doing. But this nigga had me out there, you know, and if it wasn't for them, I don't think I ever would have got to the point to where I was like, hey, bro, I could fucking, I could do this. I, I'm better than you. I'm better, I'm better than anybody you mm-hmm. know. Like me and my niggas, we gonna walk in here and we got we got this shit going, you know. And but that Reno sound, where Reno's where we were coming up. If you know anything about Reno, that Reno sound was just as nomadic as my origin story. I don't you know? think a lot of people know a lot about Reno. So That's what I'm saying. So. I want, I know <laughs> I I stumbled into Reno. We had this conversation. I was up in the psych area for a couple summers and I stumbled into Reno. 
um, like Tahoe area, Reno over so, there. First uh, we did so we did the whole whole Twister Chicago shout outs, but now we're talking about Reno. I got a shout out. First off, got a shout out HD dialect. That's the homie. Um, got a shout out uh, uh, Andre Nicotina because he influenced a lot of a lot of little niggas there. Got a shout out Filthy Rich. If you're in 702, you know who that is. If you're in Reno, you better know who that is. Um, <laughs> Filthy, you know, filthy rich plugging, plugging. I, I need, I need, I need to I, know again. Filthy, filthy. So I ain't like. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of people who, who could probably do him a lot more justice than I can. But I will tell you that that sound and like, not even the sound, but just like his story. You know, like growing up in Reno, um, it was less about the music and it was more about like, what have you done out here? You know, like. What what kind of work have you put in? And Filthy was always that nigga that like you heard like hey he got like he got this chick he got this chick you know he he got her doing this he got you know and like no so, credit like protect black women uh, you know we already came across that so uh, like that's not me and my own but I still gotta give credit where credit's due because this is a nigga who fucking uh uh. Low key, like, gave some guidance to a lot of niggas who, like, wouldn't have found any other way, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I got a shout out, Filthy. And not just that, but fucking, he made a way for Baji. Uh. And so, like, we know who Baji is because of Filthy. Uh. And, like, I'm probably gonna get some slack for saying that because the whole beef that happened between them, but fucking. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna slow it down real quick because I want. I want the full picture of Reno. So before we even get into like, we already got into music a little bit. I'm I'm have you like reiterated a little bit, but I want to know first paint the picture of what Reno is like for people. So, so what is, what is it? How is it different from Vegas? Because I know some of you know my following they've seen like little clips and stuff of right. Vegas, but like you know. That, that Northern Nevada, you know, Southern so, Nevada, so all of that. Reno, seven seven five, biggest little city. Um, Reno is is different. If you've ever been to Reno, if you spent more than five years in Reno, like you will be able to navigate anywhere in the world. And I say that just because, like, the situations you find yourself what was in. The, um, what was the population like? Is it? Is it like, I'm, a, like I'm horrible. School? I'm horrible with numbers, but like. No, I'll, I'll definitely I'll I'll insert it. Right. Um, I'll definitely go back and fact check a couple things so people know. But um, right. So just I kind think, of from like when you were in school, like what was like your class sizes like and stuff. Um, our classes were huge. We probably had like, I'll tell you, my little brother and the homies at the crib. Like they had they had a math class that was I think had a hundred. And two kids in it, or some shit like that. Um, I mean, it had two teachers. They had two teachers that split the time and shit, but nobody was paying attention to that shit. You can't put no fucking. And that's again, Reno was like, you either. Hold on, hold on. I gotta. I the cough's not so. This is freshman. This is this is you gotta think 14, 15 year olds. That's crazy. So like a hundred people in one class. Yeah. And how many high schools you would say was in the area? Ooh, so we had like Reno's not big, the biggest little city. So we could probably throw a rock. We went to McQueen High School, and we were in the well, northwest. I'm gonna pull this up. Hold on, I'm gonna rewind this back. Hold 
You want me to keep going? Hold on, no, no, no. no. All right. Oh, I think I'm. I think I'm about to pause this because I want to get all the facts. I'm really, I'm really on the facts. Um, I'm not gonna pause it, but I definitely am probably gonna cut that part of the conversation out and use this one because I'm about to pull up Reno. So okay. previously we were talking about Reno, but I wanted to get, I want, I wanted, I want to get it right. So it is. What what do you call it? What do you call it? <coughs> uh, the biggest little city. Yep. No I town. Yep. You call it No Town, and that's for that's for all the motherfuckers who like west of Texas. Y'all know what No Town is, cause I done been I done been down south. You know what it is. I done been to Memphis, and when I speak on No Town, a lot of y'all motherfuckers think I'm talking about some some little town in in New Orleans somewhere, and that's not what it is. It's No Town seven seven five. You know, the, the, some people like to call us the West Coast Tagalongs and shit, but fuck that shit because we more West Coast than fucking Los Angeles. So, you know what it is? Like, if you know No Town, you know what it is. And, and, and that's, you know what? Shout out to, to Salvi Balboa for coining the term Real Reno. So, if you ever hear anybody say Real Reno, like, you know, that's a motherfucking down there, in there. All right, so right now, the population right now looks like it is two hundred and twenty thousand six hundred and thirty-eight. So All right, and that's that's not too bad, not too bad. That's got to be double what it was in high school because a lot of those people have moved from Oakland and San Francisco because of the whole gentrification and the Silicon Valley movement. So a lot of them are running running away from the Cali prices and going to Reno, and uh. You know, I'll, I'll I'll say that is a lot of the problems going on up there. You know, cause uh, shit's gotten crazy. Give me the nitty gritty of what Reno is like. So, um, I was a before music. I was I was an athlete. I was a football player. So when I moved to Reno, it was my pops was like focused on like get this nigga in the best football school possible. Like make sure he don't fuck up his grades and shit. So. Shout out McQueen, shout out Coach Dalton, shout out all that shit. Um, but it was, um, that's where I came up. And you know, matter of fact, my first party ever in my, not my first, I'll say my first like house party, high school party ever in my life. Um, I was taken to with with uh, Kyle Van Noy and... If you know who that is, that's that's the homie. Uh, shout out to Calvin. <laughs> shout out, shout out Calvin Noise. Some of y'all gonna be like, oh shit. Um, but if you don't know, man, go look him up. Cause yeah, dude doing some big things. But he was one of the people who took me to my first house party in Reno, and it was a movie. And like since that first day to the day I left Reno, it was a movie. And like every day in Reno was a movie. So it goes down in Reno. It goes down in Reno. If you are a high school student in Reno, and I'm lying, like that's because you have not left the house lately. But are there any colleges? Like what else? What um, else? You have so you have UNR University of Nevada Reno, um, and that is a big part of the city, lifeline of the city in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the high school, so you could throw a rock from our high school, and then you could hit uh, Reno High School, you could hit Hug High School. Uh, shout out to a lot of the rappers in Reno, because they came from Hug. Um, and 
there's just schools all around really but it's such a small city that if you know if you know three or four people you might damn near know everybody in the city mm. like you you show up to a function and those three or four people will be able to introduce you to everybody in that room mm. um and then just growing up there it's like you know you had a lot of gangs and shit um but it really was it was in the era where like gangs were were kind of falling out and clicks and what were, do you mean like so like is it were they on like because i know and like because i'm just going back to you said where a lot of people come from like northern california and stuff like right. in the bay and stuff northern california they don't really got like your typical blood and crips right, you know right. is it like that out there because right. you know there's gangs but it's like your neighborhood gangs right. you know there's not yeah. a, a ton of and see but see that's that's also the evolution of and this is me like this is a kid like moving to the west coast you mm -hmm. know so like you know somebody might hear this and be like this motherfucker don't know what he's talking about but from my perspective my personal experience um you know like west coast gangs Midwest gangs, East Coast gangs, down south gangs, all different. Very different. Yep. Very different. Very different. Um, where you have the Italian mafia where they may be uh consistent mm. from one coast to the other. You got you got the bloods, the crips, the GDs, the vice mm. lords, and every set is a little bit different yep. from coast to coast. Yep, of course. And then so for me, uh, when I first got to Reno, I had never experienced West Coast gangbanging. Mm -hmm. All I knew was like the Chicago, like, you know, people clicked up, you know, like colors don't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's more about left to right. It's more about, you know, keep your hat straight. Yeah, yeah, watch your back, you know, whereas out on the west coast the gangbanging is a culture that's like family type shit you know like it's up and down through the court and just recently i went down to houston and y'all motherfuckers y'all be popping the same way so i can't say much about but i know mississippi it wasn't really like that next month so i'm really i'm really i'm really pumped so i'm i'm really pumped about I, I love houston i love houston but i used so i used to i used to think the the west the south wasn't really the same way but I experienced that shit in Houston, so you know I'm still I'm still evolving, still learning some things out here in the world. But at that point in my life, when I got out to the West Coast, like it was some shit I never experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, in the the um, the neighborhood, you know, I don't, I don't really be liking to throw up sets no more and shit. But like the neighborhood I had come from, the neighborhood I found myself like around was right side affiliated, and then. I landed in Reno, and if you know anything about Polynesians, most of them are left side affiliated. And I'll tell you, the first month of school, I thought I was gonna die like three or four times. Mm -hmm. And Jeez, um, that's crazy. That was, that was like, that would that just put things in perspective for me, cause like. Before that, it was crazy because my older brother had come to me. He saw he saw a picture where I was like I was throwing up something, and he asked me if I knew what I was doing, and I was like, Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And like he looked at me, he was like, All right, you know what you're doing, but like I never really understood what the fuck he was talking about until that first month of school, <laughs> and like it was all all based off of my skin color the colors I was wearing, 
and the way I was wearing my hat, mm. and the fact that nobody knew where the fuck I came from or who I was, because I moved to school two weeks before school started. Mm. Or moved to Reno two weeks before school started. And so, luckily, uh, you know, the homies light them up, the family, uh, but my best friend, a lot of my best friends, I should say, you know, these niggas uh, more like my brothers now. They they came up in that culture. They they that was their family, you know. And although they don't bang, they don't you know represent anything except for who they are mm-hmm. in, as individuals. They have family deep in the cuts, you know. They can make a phone call and be like, "Hey, this is my nigga. Like, quit playing." Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And you know, like I was a football player. I was on the team with some of these niggas, and they were like, "Hey, like you rolling with us?" And since then there was no friction mm-hmm. but that also like permitted me to see another perspective of life to where it was like oh these game these west coast game makers like they live eat and die this shit this isn't just for money you know mm-hmm. whereas when when the shit i saw growing up in chicago in, in ohio and in tennessee you know it was more about money it was like we doing this because it's where the money at Mm-hmm. But out here, it's a whole culture. It's a whole, like, way of life, you know? And I'll say that's the biggest difference. And, like, you know, hate me for saying it, if you will. Like, that's not to take shots at anybody. You know, I'm not banging nothing but myself in free game for reality or the kingdom. Um, if you with me, you with me. But that's just my perspective, what I've seen, like, moving around. And, you know, also in Reno, you had the biker gangs. You had the Vagos, the Hells Angels. You had... um Fuck a lot of a lot of motherfuckers I can't think of off the top right now, but you saw a lot of a lot of crazy shit growing up in that chaos. So you got to think in a small town to where you got bikers and you got gangs and you got even shit. Probably the cartel. I don't know for a fact, but probably the cartel moving some coke up and down through there. Mm-hmm. Um, kids like us fucking who just want to be rap stars like we could get away with anything mm. we could do anything we fucking and i won't say anything because we got you know we got pinned up a couple times but we got away with a whole hell of a lot and we didn't have to fucking toe straps we didn't have to fucking kill nobody we we fucking we went toes with a lot of niggas we fucking slept a lot of niggas we fucking you know we did a lot of drugs we fucking did a lot of shit we probably shouldn't have done but we ended up where we're at, and I'll say, as far as me as a person, like, that made me who I am, because I had to grow up really fast, mm-hmm. to where um, you know, a lot of the times, it was, oh, I got the money today, like, we all going to eat, mm-hmm. you know, what we doing tonight, it was like, we, we rode as a unit, it was yeah. a party every night, you know, it was like, no man left behind. Um, and I would say, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who grow up in that lifestyle. And that's, to me, that's why I speak to gang life a lot of the time, because like a lot of, it seems like a lot of people who grow up that way fall into the gang lifestyle. And like, that's part of like the biggest message I want to leave is like, you don't got to be a gangbanger to, to fucking belong to a family. You don't got to be a gangbanger to fucking ride with your niggas, you know? Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. I really even appreciate the topic because, especially in what's going on today, in today's culture, 
a lot of a lot of our culture is misunderstood. Right. You know, and so I like that you're speaking from two different sides, kind of like essentially like bringing some insight in. Like people got to do what they got to do, but right. also you don't have to do it that way because if we go back to originally what gangs were created for, you know, it's politics. So. If that's what you got to do, no, you can do it a different way. But also, no, there is opportunities to where you don't have to do it. Exactly. So, exactly. I, I'm, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And, um, I'm here for it. And so, you know, going back to Reno, um, I haven't been back since, I think, 2018 was the last time I went back. Um, but, you know, I saw some of, some of, like, the big homies I was looking up to. Like, yeah. they got off, you know. Like, rest in peace. And so, um, and I got to shout out Young Fee, because, like... There's crime in Reno? Like, like how's the crime? Uh, it's, it's, I'll tell you, like, we... You know, is it, is it, how is it, is it, like, like, how it is out in Vegas? Like, like, what, what is it? It's you know, probably, like, what, what's the culture, like, how people feel about Vegas? It's probably hidden you know? more, you know? Oh. It's probably, like, in Reno, like, unless you, like, know, you will never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, at the same time, you know, like, we were high school kids in parties, like, where they had kilos of coke spread out in the bathroom, you know? Yeah. We were we That's were crazy. high school kids, like, in parties to where, like, you probably had, like, a couple pounds of weed, like, getting passed around and shit, you know? And that was in high school. So then you get to college, and it's like, eh, that's nothing. But at the same time, the reason they don't care about us is because you got niggas, like, the bikers and, and niggas like the you got real niggas calling real shots and people are fucking trying to figure out who and like they knew it wasn't us you know yeah and um so we got away with a lot a whole lot like the whole molly that molly phase when that shit hit like boy yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would tell you like we could have made a killing off of that. And luckily, you know, like, I'll, I'll shout out moms. Like, and that's just, you know, what she taught me and the values she taught me. But I didn't have the people around me who were, like, focused on, like, hey, we got to take this shit over. It was just, like, about the experience and, like, let's just have some fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Reno's real, real nitty, real, real nitty gritty, like, real grind, real rough um is there a sound is there a sound in reno you know i'll say not really so like growing up i used to hear that reno was like the tag along on the west coast all the time like what what do you mean like and like that being like is it or like because i'm 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 tempted because i'm i want to i'm about to pull up some reno artists right right. now you know so so now like i'll say I'll give you some artists my age, like the artists like I came up with, and and like us coming up in that that. Mm-hmm. But that, I, I want to give you some reference on what I what I mean by sound, because you know like, think of think of California sound, okay, California music. The Bay and Southern California do not have the same sound. Right. So that's that's low key what I was about to hint at. So like a lot of the times like Bill Carino, um, the tagalongs. And I think that is because of the culture. A lot of the culture is like, 
overflown mm. from from Northern California. Mm. So like um, the Bay Area, yeah. the Sacramento, Vallejo, that, yeah. that type of like that. And problems. I'll say yeah, and I'll say mm. like um, any artist who, shit, any high school student who came up between two thousand eight and. 2012, 2000, we'll go all the way to 2015 and Reno, like, mm-hmm. they was riding in the whip slapping some Andre Nicotino. And, like... Andre and Nicotino? Andre Nicotina. Andre Nicotina. Right, right. I'll look that up. And a lot of people don't know who Andre Nicotina is, but, like, this motherfucker could pull up in Reno right now and still sell out a show. And, um... So... If you listen to his music, a lot of people are going, they're going to turn this shit off and they're going to listen, pull up some Andre and be like, what the fuck is this? But I'll tell you, my guy, like, you want to talk about bars, like, coked out, like, when you in a party, like, and you don't pop some pills or, or like, you know, the white girl got, got the white girl spread out on the counter and, like, you know, you got all your homies with you and shit, like, you... Boy, if you play some Andre Nicotina, you're going to be turned up like a mug in that bitch. And, like, that was the feeling in, in Reno for a good, like, decade, you know? Mm-hmm. To where, like, we can get any drug we want. We can have a party any night we want. We damn near can get anywhere in the city without a license that we want to get. So, it was like... You know, it was Lord, it was Lord of the Flies type shit. Yeah. <laughs> and um. And I so I wonder. So how that differ from like being you know coming from Mississippi, Memphis, you know, and like I feel like more more I want to talk about more of like the Mississippi in that because like Memphis, you, you definitely get down with some stuff in Memphis, but right, like right, right. I wanted to, you know, the difference between Mississippi and the But Rio. I'll say, so for me, the biggest thing was like, you could get trapped in their world. You could get trapped in like the party and lifestyle to where like mm-hmm. you could go to work and it not feel like real life. You could be having a conversation with a, a 50 year old lady and it not feel like real life. Because you know the second you out of that situation, you about to be the nigga fucking at the party, fucking on the counters, like, mm. not giving a fuck, you know? So, like, you get trapped in this mindset that, like, none of this shit, fuck this shit, like, I'm just getting by, you know? Mm. Let me get to the party. And, like, it'd be... And, and a lot of people will say the same thing about Vegas, but I think that's why I love Vegas, because it's, like, Reno on a bigger scale. And where I came up in high school... You know, in Reno and had to learn to manage that shit. It's like, hey, this shit is easy. Mm. But, you know, um, that whole, that whole, like, you can do anything that you want at any given time as long as you don't care about parental criticism. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it can be too much for a lot of people. And I think that's why a lot of people get trapped in it. And, um, Versus Mississippi, where, you know, you got that soul. You got that, that uh, I'm going to say, like, realness guy. I mean, yeah, but I guess, like, it's, like, a deep, like, soul, like, community. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's just shit you find in the South that you are not going to find anywhere else. Like, yeah, right. And, uh, 
even when it comes to like the the racist shit like i'll tell you like there's in reno when i was trying to get jobs you know there there would be times like i was given the the fucking uh, uh work uniform Mm-hmm. And the way I, I would wear it, you know, I would follow all the rules. I would wear it how they wanted me to wear it, you know. Motherfuckers would tell me, "Hey, we need you to wear something different. Uh, that's too much black. You're a little menacing. You're scaring the customers, you know." Wow. And so, like shit like that would happen in Reno to where in Mississippi, like they'd be like, "Hey, you too black to go to this neighborhood. Like we gonna send you over here." Mm-hmm. Okay, that is what it is. Thanks for looking out for me. Thanks for looking out for the company. You know, y'all racist mm. bastards, you know, but that's yeah. just what it was. It was like, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of hitting, kind of, Yeah, you know? but in Mississippi, straight for it. Mm. Nevada, very hidden. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree for the most part. I would say probably like 90% of the time down south, you already know somebody's racist. You already yeah. know if you're in a racist. Like, you did the vibe, stuff like that. And it is hard, like, because it was definitely a shock because I've been out, you know, I first came out west for the first time in 2016, and I've been back multiple times and, and you know, obviously moved out here now. But those first couple of times, you know, I never, I, I thought really, truly, honestly, racism didn't exist, you know, because... Uh-huh. It's hidden so well, like you said. And then I get, you know, I get out here. <laughs> I get out here and I'm like, damn. It's true. Racism is everywhere. Yeah. It's so, it, and it's like, it, I think when you, when you see it happen and you realize what's going on, it's like, man, like I really, you just been straightforward about it, you know? Like, yeah. so I feel you on that one. And I think. I think that's a um, that goes that goes for the whole like nation in a sense, you know. Like mm-hmm. if you look at semantics, like motherfuckers from New York, they they like way more brash than motherfuckers from LA, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know why that is. I don't know like what that's about, but you know, I just think that's a lot that speaks to a, a lot of the the uh, cultural shift as far as the Hollywood. Um, West Coast stereotype goes, you know, it's it's very, it's very hidden and yeah. systematic. Out and because you think, you know, most people move out here because of how much of a melting pot it yeah. is. I know I get that question a lot. Like, there, you know, people would always tell me when I was telling folks, like, no, nah, I want to move out west. Like, I wanted to be out west. I would have the conversations of like, well, why don't you go to Nashville? Why don't you go to Atlanta? Why don't you go to Miami? Like those are, you know, Charlotte, those mm-hmm. places are bigger and they have like opportunity. And I'm like, it's not that they don't have opportunity. See, I'm it's just to, slim pickings I'm for one. I'm going to go to Nashville when I get some money. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love Nashville. Shout out to Nashville. I have to make my way back to Nashville for real. Nashville, I consider Nashville to LA at this house. I really do. The prices is definitely getting like that. But... Um, it is, it, it is becoming more of a melting pot. I mean, sometimes I'm there and I'm like, damn, this is white city. You know, you see all of the, the bridal parties on the, on the drinking, 
things, but you you will have a good time in Nashville. You'll have a good time and there is music, you know, there there there's a good you know, you can have a good time in Nashville. But I would always get the question of why I I wanted to go out west and because I know in, in cities, you know, down south, like I'm still it's it's just it's basically there's more opportunity but the the, the vibes is still the same to me. Like I'm riding through Atlanta, like, I know there's going to be some bullshit about race. I know, you know, the food is still going to be the same. Like, I know that, I know for a fact that I'm going to get some fire fried chicken in Atlanta. I know that I'm going to get some fire fried chicken in Nashville. I know that I'm going to get some fire fried chicken in Miami. Hey, speaking of fried chicken, you know, if you hear this shit and you make some, like, Fire high wings, bring your ass out to Vegas, Facts. open up a shop. Facts. I will endorse Facts. the fuck out of that shit. <laughs> but out here, I don't know if I'm always gonna get some fire fried chicken out here, and I'm gonna be real with you. And, and this is, I don't know. I, I, this podcast is simply just a little get to know Ty, get to know us. These are the conversations we have. But what I want to touch on right now is. The food and the reason why, not, not even just the food, but the, the, this analogy I'm doing right here, and the reason why I wanted to move out West and, and why the racism shocked me, because it's so hidden. So, out here, I don't know if I'm going to get fire fried chicken, and that's what I like about it, because I do know that I'm going to get fire Korean barbecue. I'm not getting that down south. That's real. I know that I'm going to have the, the most... Amazing sushi, you know, like you ain't getting no sushi. And that's even like, even, but it's like the the it's amazing on the average level. Like you know, if I want some fire sushi in Atlanta, like I'm probably gonna have to break bank, you know, break the bank a little bit, you know, because I'm gonna have to go to a nicer restaurant, you know, upscale, you know. It's like no, I want to go to like a place where I can get something, you know, like a little combo or something. And now I'm I'm you know you got your two for twenty five, you know, you can do the little all you can eat for twenty five dollars, like. That, you know, those are the things that I am looking for. And so when I realized that, I was like, okay, like, that's what I want. That is what I want. Like, I wanted that that variety, that different, that different mindset, that different thinking. And so I guess that's why it shocks me because when I think of, you know, Vegas, L.A., you know, San Francisco, all these places, you know, even uh, Phoenix, when I think of places like those, you know, it's nothing but melting pots. Nothing but melting pots. And so the the hidden racism always shocks me because I'm like, man, when you look around, you see you see Filipinos, you see Haitians, you see, you know, it's it's more than just black and white. It's bigger like like I it's literally bigger than that, you know. But it's never it, it never seems like it's um anywhere I've been that's been diverse, it never seems like it's gonna be all copacetic, you know. Mm. Every Every leader wants more for their people. Some know good versus evil, but some will do whatever to get that. Mm. And most of the time, it's it's the white folk who have the the leader with more of the power. Sometimes it's the black folk. Rarely have I seen it be the Mexicans or the Latino people, and sometimes it's the Asians. But regardless, it seems like everyone will do what they need to do at the expense of others and that creates a lot of the the friction. True. 
Out here. Yeah. Out here. Yeah, out here. Out here. No, because yeah. over the if you get east of the Mississippi, it's more segregated. And and you know, I used to think like, what the fuck is that about? Especially growing up, because Chicago's segregated as a bitch, and it's like, what? <laughs> like we've been fighting since the fucking proclamation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what is this about? But the older I get, the more I understand that like it's by choice because it's it's hard, you know. Um it's it's hard to express it's hard to fight for your people and and um you know live a different lifestyle every day so you got to think like if you're if you're mixed in you're going to work and you're working with Mexicans white people da, 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 this this and that it's hard to go home and be like these white people treat me like this when homie at work is is you know yeah. helping you out every day it's hard, it's hard to go home and be like, these white people treat me like this. So you hear a lot of these arguments from communities that are predominantly that race. And, and it's because, like, you know, yeah, we're still fighting. Everybody's still fighting for equality. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, we got to remember, we got to put ourselves in the outside perspective, you know. And I, th I say that's a... That's the that's the largest problem with what's going on right now. True. Is people aren't putting themselves in the other's perspective. A lot and a lack of conversation. A lack of like yeah. willing to address the problem because I talk about this I have been talking about this a lot and there's two reasons why I've been talking about this a lot lately, these topics. One because I and we talked about this a little bit too, how I felt like I allowed a lot of things because I was in instances instances and situations where I was in predominantly white communities and like you said it's choice like when I look at, at it you know like I chose to associate with my with myself with these people because I thought it was going to lead to something better right. and there were good times like there were good times great life lessons but I I got to a point to where I valued people's opinions and and things and let things slide more than I cared about the 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 truth, like letting the truth and right. knowledge of my people and what we go through and what what's been happening, even what I go through. Because I guarantee you, a lot of people, I probably no one in in, in these in these communities that I used to be in knows like some of the things that I've gone through in my life, and it's because I I never felt like they could understand, yes, but I did, I never gave them an opportunity as well. So it's no, it's never you know I don't I I'm all for all I want is equality. Like no I nobody is better than anybody. Nobody on this earth is better than anybody. But what a lot of people are scared of is the truth, though. We cannot deny the truth. Because when we start getting into conversations, because a lot of arguments you hear, you know, especially from being down south, and, you know, a lot of people are in the church and stuff, a lot of people don't even want to talk about, we, we don't even address, like, how the same Jesus you say you believe in is black, you know, brown. Right. A brown person. Right. You know? what? Until you... Until we're afraid to stop having, you know, conversations, until we stop avoiding conversations like that, I feel like we're still going to be on this, it will we'll be on this revolve, it's like a revolving door, you know, it gets yeah, a little bit better yeah. for a couple of years, you know. And see, like, for me, like, that's why I hate history. That's why I hate it, because it's like, first of all, we don't know who wrote this shit. We really don't. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, it's like, 
we keep looking back to try to fix ourselves, but we keep repeating because we yeah. know, you know, and it's like it's, I feel like people try to try to erase it. I, you know, I don't ever, I don't really hate it, you know. I, but I, I understand. I, there's a point where I was like that too. I was, I had a lot of hate for it, yeah. the world and like no hope because I'm like looking back at our past and like really, you know, because they say history it repeats yeah. itself and it feels like that at some point. But I think what's happening, I think the real issue here is, is that people going back when we go back and look at history, we realize more fucked up shit, and That's people true. try to erase. You know, it's like we're like right now. Instead of people just sit, taking a sit a seat back and hearing, looking and seeing what's going on, learning from our mistakes, it's a ongoing battle of nah, like it's not like we didn't do that or no, nah. It's like no, it happened. This is what you got out of this fucked up situation. This is what these people got out of this right, fucked up right, right. situation. And what we're saying is it needs to be cut off, leveled off right now, so we can grow. You and know? see, I feel, and like, you know, shout out 2020 is definitely a revolution. It's definitely an awakening. People mm. are realizing some things. Oh, yeah, facts. Um, Big facts. A lot of things come to light. But I, I just, I feel like if we were given a chance to write our own history, mm-hmm. to combat whatever they're teaching in the schools or whatever has been printed by, by the white narrative, you know, it would be a... A lot different the understanding of what's going on would be a lot different you know because you got you got black kids and always not just black kids you got black kids you got asian kids you got uh latin kids you got all minorities kids coming up in the schools and they're hearing one narrative and then they're going home and they're hearing a different narrative and that's all over the world mm-hmm. you know so it's 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 like, how can you expect any consistent movement? How can you expect any consistent argument? You know, mm. it's like you eventually you just got to realize you got to shut up and listen to everything. And like good, good versus evil is obvious. It's always mm. going to be obvious. You yep. know? But yeah, it's, it's, it's up to every person, you know, to, to make a choice and listen. Yeah. And I, I'll say, I would agree. I'll say, um, you know, back to the original question of the differences between the South and the West Coast, like, those choices have seemed like they're the biggest difference. It seems mm-hmm. like, you know, the the more west of the Mississippi you got, the more willing people are to sacrifice those morals and, and ignore certain rights and wrongs. Um, and then the more the more south you are, it seems like you know, yeah, they're willing to ignore the right and wrongs, but it's more straightforward. It's not as semantics. It's not. It's it's not left up to. Um, I guess I don't know. It's hard to articulate it, but it's it's more straightforward in the south for for sure. I'll say that much. Um, the biggest difference. It seems like the West Coast is a little more into the vanity and and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know. As I'm as I'm sitting here talking, I'm like, damn, I'm like, I might have to take all that shit back because it's like there's a lot of things out here that are real that you won't find anywhere else, you mm-hmm. know. As far as um the culture and like just the togetherness, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think 
honestly, I don't think there's not there's not a ton of it, but when you find it, it's like dang. You know, it's like a big like you know, so yeah. I think that's the difference because you know, like like you said, when you when you have experienced certain things where it's like, man, like the togetherness, like the the drive, the energy, you right. know, the 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 culture, it really shocks you and surprises you when you when you know that that underlying motive creeps up and it's like, wow, I, I caught that, and you know, so I definitely get you because it's I, I it's more it's more of a respect when it's straightforward. So I think that's why you know yeah. you're like, yeah, no, yeah. I feel it. But I will say, if you ain't never had no fire tacos, man, you gotta. Oh yeah. You gotta no. get out to the west. Oh yeah. No, the tacos is definitely the best out here. The west got the best tacos. No, mm-hmm. no cap. I I don't even like. Yeah, no. It's, it's not even comparable. Like, and that's like I thought about that when you were saying Korean barbecue because I'm like, hell yeah, you ain't getting no Korean barbecue in no fucking oh, Jackson, yeah. Mississippi. You ain't getting no Korean barbecue in no Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Um, well, I think we've been chatting for a while, so I'm going to wrap it up, but this is not the last you will hear of Ty. I definitely will. We, there's a, as you can see, we touched on a lot in this podcast, but it just leaves us room and opportunity to grow, to learn, to have conversations on these topics again, full podcast episodes on certain things that we talked about, but this is just kind of how... Our conversations go. We talk about the art of it. We talk about the history of it. We talk about the good, the bad, because all of it affects us. It's, it's how we grow. It's how we move. It's how we create as artists. So, Ty Knight, give the people a little bit about what's going on with you currently, and then we're about to get up out of here. Uh, so, you know what it is. Ty Knight, a.k.a. Looney Lecter, a.k.a. Freaking Nature. Um... We got the the flock video, the flamingo mixtape just dropped. Let's go get that yep. creative genius. Yep, shout out creative genius. Um, you can find all that online if you if you follow me at Ty Night Slay Dragons. You can find all the links. Um, I'm working on Concrete Rose Thoughts. That should be a tape coming out soon. I got quarantine tape called Gone Fishing. That's tucked away. Um, y'all should be staying tuned for that, and then we, me and CC, we, you know, we got a whole lot in the, in the tank ready to go. Oh, that's facts. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the, another episode of Breaking Barriers, the podcast. We out. <laughs>